Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on this week's podcast, we have my soul sister and mistress minder, Megan Hool. Megan is a one-stop shop for all things careers and personal development. Megan is a globally recognized senior executive recruiter, an ACC-accredited professional career and business master coach, and is the host of the Pivot with Purpose podcast. We are going to get into so much juiciness. We're going to talk about her being an executive recruiter for some of the most famous luxury and specialty retail brands in the world. We're going to talk about the past. We're going to talk about the present. We're going to talk about the future. She's going to drop so many nuggets of wisdom. She's going to talk about her Pivot with Purpose podcast. She's also going to talk about navigating a meaningful career, pivoting, building strategic hiring plans for business owners. I mean, we're really going to run the gamut of all things Megan Hool. And I just cannot wait for you guys to give this episode a listen. There's so much wisdom drop. There's so many golden nuggets in here. And no matter what phase of your life or business that you may be in, Megan is just going to entertain you. She's going to inspire you. She's going to empower you and she's going to educate you. And that is what being an HBIC is all about. So without further ado, let's go and listen to my girl, Megan Hool. I have my beautiful friend, Megan Hool, who is going to light your panties on fire with all kinds of education, entertainment, and empowerment here on the Ambitious Podcast. Megan, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. I've waited a very long time to like have this moment. So we the have pleasure been, is all mine. We have been talking about this for so freaking long. <laughs> I and know. Now we're here and I just feel we're like here. it's just, it's the right time. It is. Because I, right I think there's juicy things to talk about and we've been through a lot. Oh my God. So, so much. Let's so talk much. about, let's yeah. go right there because... If you don't know, Megan has been in the industry of all things fine, meaning mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton, all the good stuff. That's how I met her when she was running that shit over in Copley back in the Dizzle. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I walked in? Um, Is it like etched and fucking burned in your mind? Yes, because there's like a massive story behind it. So if you want me to tell it, yes, I Yes, please tell it. I love when people talk about it because I'm a fucking <laughs> okay. narcissist. Okay, so back in the day, yes, ran a very big business over at Louis Vuitton in Boston and Copley. And I remember the day before you came in, I was off rando. I have no idea how I had the day off because you know it wasn't really a thing back in the day. Like you work 24 hours. Absolutely. And I think it was the premiere of, of Wicked Fearless um, or Wicked Fit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to go get me a bag to celebrate this yes. like milestone of my life. Yeah. So I was like, okay, first of all, living in Boston, obviously, I'm like, who is this chick? A, B, I love fitness. C, you're hilarious. So we're both like low key comedians. And I'm like, yeah. So I remember watching the show and I was like, Katie Boyd, all right. 
she seems like a badass chick. Like, I can't wait to like continue on these episodes. Open the store the next day. And like your fine ass like prances in. And I was like, <gasps> and everyone's like, what? I'm Did like, you recognize me right away? Yes. I don't blend. I'm a big bitch. No. And I was like, oh my God. So I feel like I remember going up to you and I'm like, Katie, I just watched your show and da, da, da. And I, and I know, I think that's the day you got your monogram tote. Yes. And I told, cause everything was like black and pink on your show. I'm like, you're getting black and pink and this is what you're doing. And you're like, okay, psycho, are you, have you been stalking me? I'm like, no, I literally just watched your show and you freaking walked into my life. And How like, that's weird. the beginning of it all. And 12 years later, we're still friends and we're still like supporting each other and that's like a true testament of like down ass bitches Mm -hmm. like we just we've we've both gone through so much over the last decade and two years or whatever and we're going to talk a lot about that today on the ambitious podcast but i love how you remember that day because i remember that day too i literally fell in love with you we became like instant besties. And then you started coming to Katie Boyd's Misfit Club in Wellesley. That was yeah. a fucking trip and a half. Because you would leave I Boston to come I and can't. out with us in yeah, Wellesley, dri- Driving into Wellesley, half an hour commute. My, my husband's like, well, he, I think he was still my boyfriend at the time. Mike's like, where are you going? I'm like, none your business. I'm going to the pink prison. Yes. And I think I said this to you the other day, but what I feel like drew me to you just right away is the fact like, Growing up, I, you know, I don't feel like we ever had a lot of mentors in our lives. And to see someone who grew up in the spotlight, in pageants, like ripped apart her whole life, putting it out on TV, which is another rip apart, you oh, know, yeah. your oh, situation yeah. in other ways, Definitely. you know, managing through toxic relationships and friends and like just seeing this like real life. Not only did I feel like I connect with you because you know, in so many ways, not in pageants. They're not putting my ugly ass in those pageants. You are beautiful, but you don't want to do that to yourself. (laughs) It ain't worth it, child. It ain't worth it. But like seeing someone who is a mentor, you know, someone who's like, damn, she's so smart and she's approachable and kind and nice and passionate and truly like cares about people's well-being. And it was so refreshing in like a doggy dog world that I grew up in. Um, you know, late nineties, like mean girls club before that show even existed. Yep. And you've been through the ringer with that, you know, with all that you've done. So I think like you were really somebody that I just looked up to right away that I really was like, wow, like I want to be like Katie and I really want to like build my business and I can do it. If Katie can do it, I can do it. So it's, and it's very true. We were talking about that before we kind of started recording. And it's like, I always tell people, that's why I share my story so openly about where I came from and what I've gone through. And it's not that I don't cringe and my butthole doesn't pucker sometimes when I'm actually saying the words because, you know, even like my mom and dad have been like, can you kind of not tell all the family's juicy stories? And I'm like, dude, this is what actually motivates people and inspires them to know that other people who have gone through the same things, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, you saying that because there was no mentors growing up. And I always said to myself, I always always wanted to be for my clients and the people that I coach from all over the world. I always wanted to be the person that I wanted, but there wasn't when I was growing up. I mean, I had mentors and stuff like that, but I wanted to, oh, I wanted to hit all the boxes, you know, and that's what I try yeah. to do on a daily basis. And I know that you do the same thing with your company. Um, and we're going to talk about that. I'm so excited to talk about that. But you doing what you did for 20 plus years, can you tell the people like where you came from 20 plus years in, in the luxury brand industry? Yeah. Talk yes. about, talk about that, girl. 
Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, really my entire career life started initially in service, like front facing retail. Where, where flying, was you like your first retail? Flying through the ranks. Oh my God. Cause I can tell remember? you mine if you tell me yours. Oh my God. Do you remember Contempo Casual? Oh, like what? My wet pussy seal? is so wet. My <laughs> Does anybody yes, want to buy some flammable backless shirts? Honey. I feel like they're in style again. They're all, all that shit is coming. I should have okay, saved them. I would have like a million dollar Poshmark store. I'm legitimate. So but it, but it's like doesn't look good. Stop wearing it. Like no. we didn't and look good then. Why are you trying to bring it back? Sitting in a garbage like in Indonesia somewhere. Like please, like one hundred percent Indonesia. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you worked a Contempo. I'm so. Oh my god. And I thought I could. I tell you the day I actually thought I beat it, and I was just like, okay, no one can hate on one sale and tempo well first and foremost my favorite movie ever in the world is clueless same uh, die over alicia silverstone so die. first of all they mention that in the show so i'm like it's in clueless Thank right you. like if alicia stopped shop there i could and then gosh what was it five or so years ago my husband mike and i were at barry's boot camp in west hollywood yeah and she was working out Just next to me it. oh and I had to do everything in my power not to be like, share heroines. Cause you know, you can't go to Hollywood and like fangirling people, you get like kicked out. Yes. And then furthermore, my husband, you absolutely cannot tell anybody is if, if there's someone famous around him. First of all, he thinks everyone's Denzel Washington. I'm like, no, that's not Denzel. He's like, I saw Denzel at Starbucks. No, you didn't. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I couldn't tell him because he'd be like, who, what, Alicia, you know? And I was just like, Mike, so he got really pissed. I didn't tell him because, you know, he'd try to talk to her. I'm like, that's a no, no, <laughs> but I really feel like I made it work out next to her. But yeah, it was just starting my real like first manager job, I thought I was the shiz. Oh my god! At, in the Cape, at the Cape Cod Mall. Oh, Can we just have a I moment love the for Cape Cod, Cape Cod Mall. Mall? I love the Cape Cod Mall, and that, dude. That was when like TGI Fridays just opened. Yes. I mean, it was like a it that was, was a popping place. off, dude. Yeah. Jack yeah. Daniels ribs. Oh hell yeah! Yum. We had the I'm hot girl store right now. Oh my god! you want to know where my first retail job was? Express. Yeah. And I remember I had to vacuum, you know, at the end of the night, right? You clean and, you know, I'm a psycho Portuguese OCD freak, right? So I would like vacuum the changing rooms and it always smelled like Fritos and Doritos and like open Badusi because (laughs) everyone's dirty feet were on the ground. I know, I know. And I would like gag. I'd be like, like every time I would do it. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm a star. I don't belong in fucking no. express folding these tank tops mm-hmm. and these wide palazzo pants. No, remember. And the boot cut. And, and the, the boot jeans cut wall. Pants. Oh my God. The jeans wall just slipped my wrist right now. No. Oh my God. Shoot. And me. selling credit cards. Girl. I mean, we sell some shit now, but like the $20 credit cards they would push at you. We put everybody in the debt early But can I tell on. you something though? That's the housing crisis started with us. <laughs> so did. That's why we're fucking, that's why we're fucking boss ass bitches. Cause if you can sell a fucking 29% interest credit, credit interest rate credit card to a, like a 16 year old girl, you can fucking do anything. You're like honey. you start here. Don't, don't listen to Visa. Oh, absolutely. Get this card. I thought it was free money. I just would go to, I had a freaking credit card for oh, yeah. every store in the mall. And I was just living my best life until the credit card company started calling right. and be like, where's the freaking minimum payment, bitch. Oh, that was me with my analog cell phone from like cellular one back in the day. I thought it was the sh- also the shiz like oh, getting, remember you could go into a cellular one. I think it was like for a penny. They give you a cell phone and yes. somehow it was like 800 bucks a month. And yes, I, made, I make $4 an hour. Yes, I do. I would just 40. pretend I was talking on the phone. <laughs> 
Like I would walk down the street like talking on the phone and my mother's like, you know that literally no one believes you because it's like $75 a minute. <laughs> right. You have to like buy minutes. And I was like, I don't have any more minutes left. I'm done. These kids oh, will I, never know. No, they They'll will never, never know. know. And I think that that's what makes us like unicorns at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. Because we're a special breed like us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Are we elder millennials? What are we? I think so. Because we're the same age. So. Yeah. So I was born in February 81. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm a little older. So I'm like 79. Ugh. Oh, we're no, but they're, but we, you know what we are? We are the, um, are we like Gen X or Gen? No, dude, we are a subculture. I'm making, I'm probably making this up. My husband gets mad at me when I say this, but we are actually called the Oregon Trail Millennials. Yeah, because we played that damn game. Yeah, I have a yeah. big dysentery right now, and my blue oxen just died. I know. My, crossing the river. <laughs> could your um, wagon catch on fire or something? Yes. You lost a... Your yeah. wheels fell off. Okay. Grandma. <laughs> Grandma's But mom. you know what, though? Yeah. This is what got us ready for all of the fucking insults and all yeah. the stress we were going to face as children. Because like, we were like dying every day on Oregon Trail, so we're like, we can every fucking night. handle it. We're like, we got this. Yes, absolutely. You ain't lived if you haven't pulled like paper from the printers back in the day and had to like rip off the sides of it. It, you know, like, oh, do you know that I have an obsession now? I can't, I cannot pull a piece of paper out of a notebook. I have to take all the little things off because of that. I have yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder from all that from back it's in terrible. the day. The so trapper you, keepers, oh, like, girl, please. So, Lisa yeah. Frank, all the way. So, mm-hmm. you started at Contempo Casuals and then you worked your way up to let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, little, little old me from Cape Cod always just wanting more for myself. And I remember I was in a really terrible relationship. I'd never had one of those before. Oh, geez. What's that like? Um, where I'm like, wow. So we don't, nobody works in this house but me. Sick. Yeah. You know, not only working at Contempo, but was waitressing at yep. night in the summer in the Cape because why not? You know, yep. that's where all the business is. Yep. So I literally was killing myself. Mm-hmm. And the Cape gets really small. I mean, in the wintertime, forget oh, it. It's wild. So not only do you help all of the party chicks going out, dressing them, and then you see them out in the bars. And I'm like, I picked that outfit out for you. You know, it was just a little too suffocating. And I'm like, all right, there's got to be more. And I've always been that person of like, better, best. Like, how do I get myself out of a, a bad situation? Because as we know, Katie, no one's coming to save you. Hell no, bitch. You have to be Thank your own you. superhero. Okay. Absolutely. So if you don't want better for yourself, no one else is going to, you know, they're just going to drain on you like a plague or, you know, parasite, like continuing to bring you down because it serves them. Absolutely. So I was like, you know what? It's time for me to move on. And I mean, even before breaking up with this boyfriend, I'm like, I'm moving to Boston. I had friends that used to work with me at Wet Seal that actually moved to Austin Brighton, which yep. was like how you could afford to go to Boston. I and still, right. <laughs> and still to this day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So getting there, I remember moving and I wound up interviewing um, on at this boutique called Jasmine Sola. Do you remember oh my, Jasmine oh Sola? My, I used to love that fucking place. Yes. What happened to it? It went bankrupt oh, and man. it was terrible. I know. So I, I drove up from the Cape and I met the owner who was this very scary Italian man. It was a man that owned it? Yeah. No, and he like interviewed me in the back of his warehouse and was like, You look, you look like this girl I used to know. I was like, sweet, can I have a job? Yeah, you know, it was the whole thing. <laughs> a hashtag had a nail an interview. I mean, we'll get into that. But so I, you know, I just kind of showed up and it was like, This is why you need to hire me. I love service, I love retail. And um I moved to Austin. I literally slept 
in a makeshift closet bedroom that wasn't even supposed to be a bedroom um, in the middle of February where the windows weren't insulated. And I had to go to Home Depot and like hot girl, um, iron them on like with a heat gun and stuff. I slept on a blow up bed that would deflate in the middle of the night. So in the middle of the night, my roommates would hear like blowing up the bed because I would deflate down. I had a crappy television with one um, DVD of, of like JLo's like concert, like from back in the day. I mean, like literally uh, no cable, nothing. I was I'm like, shaking. You know I'm shaking. I, I came here. We're making it happen. And um, I walked into this boutique on Newbury Street my first day because I was training. And the, um, you know, the founder, the owner guy saw me working and like helping people <laughs> where God you forbid. Know, I, God forbid, um, you know, kind of had a, a store of just kind of like mean faced chicks who was like sitting behind the counter. And oh, I like remember that place. running around. Oh, yeah. Oh. And he was he literally fired everybody in the store on my first day and told like the regional. He's like, I want Megan to be on Newberry Street. Oh so God. I was just, like, you know, country bumpkin from upstate New York, then on the Cape really like my pinch me moment of like, I made it being on Newbury street in Boston, you know, things that you're just like, honey, that was the place yeah. to be. We used to go to the Armani yes. cafe. Yes. We couldn't afford it. Oh girl, yeah. please. I worked, you know, that when I started in Boston, I was a bartender at the Roxy. Oh, Do you remember the Roxy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a uh, same thing as you. Like I didn't yeah. have a blow up bed. I actually had a real bed. I don't know how I got it. I must have blew some fucking random guy in an alleyway for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like you and I, are, like our stories are very fucking pretty similar. Si- pretty similar. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you were working on Newberry Street, you fucking made it. Girl. You made it. Absolutely. I mean, it was chaotic. I mean, it is still now in a different way. Yes. But this is like before social this media. Was the like, heyday of New heyday. Day. Yes. You know, those were the days, man. Yeah. Those were the days. So, so you were, so you, then you started Jasmine Sola. When did you get to the big guns where you're like, I'm moving on oh up in the world? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was, ugh, I think it was like 2006, 2007. And I actually wound up getting promoted at Jasmine Sola um, and helped them open 14 stores. Holy was it, wasn't there one in the East Coast? Yeah. There yeah. was, right? Mm-hmm. Because I used to work at the gym in that little Wellesley area where like yeah. Coach Brothers is. And I yeah, it's right up. across from CVS, like That's right where there. I used to buy all my clothes to go out and pretend I was rich. Right. I'd be like, Hell yeah. Hey. You're like, look at these true religions. Oh, girl. I can't please. eat for like four weeks, but I got these $300 Honey, jeans. Mm-hmm. Same. I mm-hmm. literally, true religion, fucking seven, all that shit. I still have them somewhere. I just don't, I could never, I can't fit one fucking leg in. No, I mean, I, I couldn't, back in the day, you still couldn't. You're like, you know, those no. bitches are trying to bring those jeans back, the low cut shit. No, no, like make it die. Make it fucking die. No, no one wants to see the crack. <laughs> no like, one. We got enough problems. No one wants to see it. No so you open fucking 14 stores at holy shit. yeah so i was traveling all across the east coast i lived in miami sliding for like two months um south beach was like throwing fashion shows at fountain Blue. i feel like the kardashians yeah. were also there opening their store at the same time i just yeah. feel like that was a thing i mean i'm sure i like cross paths and they're like hey girl because uh, you know we have a love for chloe chloe is like she's girl. my bitch no she's my bitch did you ever go to bed in miami no when you were there 
Mm-mm. It was like a club and it was just beds everywhere. I feel like I, I've heard of it, but I think they just like worked me to the bone. I'm like, I'm going to actual bed. Like, yeah, you would have had like 17 STDs if you went there. So I'm glad you didn't go. I'm glad Thanks. you just worked and kept your punani clean. Thank you, thank you universe, for protecting me. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. So, you know, what was so sad was I think this business wound up getting bought out by a bigger conglomerate. So do you remember like New York and Company, like uh, Learner? Yes, bitch. Uh, yes, yes, queen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they want to find Jasmine Sola. And I think they opened too quickly. And like some of the locations were like not profitable. So yeah. the business, they actually exited the business and like it wound up going bankrupt. Damn. So, you know, it was such this like almost like Scoop, you know, what happened at Scoop because Scoop was also a beloved brand and they had yes. a store on Newberry Street. Yeah, when it closed, it. everybody was like devastated. Oh, I was. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Okay. For the first time ever having kind of, and this is the first pivot because there's many of these, but you know, not having a job lined up, what's next? What am I going to do? And, you know, I could have said like, oh, well, you know, if I help them close, like they're going to give us this little payout and I'll just kind of like, you know, sort of uh, take my time. And it's like, no, you know, when the universe shows you, you got to show up. Yes. Thank you. So, yes. So, you know what? I was like, I'm going to get my resume together, get out there, get interviewing. Um, I called this recruiter friend that was referred to me and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm in Boston. Here's my story. And I literally like this next day I started interviewing. Um, because like, as the saying goes, when you have a garden and you plant a bunch of freaking flowers, those flowers bloom the next day. No, it takes time. It takes time people. Mm-hmm. Right. So I interviewed with a bunch of companies in Boston. I mean, thankfully, there were some opportunities available. And then this opportunity with Louis Vuitton came up. And I was like, Me? Me? Are they going to look at me? You know, I think like that was back in the day too, where luxury was really hard to break into. Yes. And if it wasn't like for like, I mean, sure, we sold like high profile jeans and things like that, but um, price points, you know, I wasn't selling. $14,000 handbags. Right. Jasmine, we had like the Gwen Stefani Lissac tote. Oh my God. You know, remember? I You're know. killing me with Love the nostalgia her. today. I know. Absolutely. I feel like let's go down memory lane. So um, I went up interviewing and um, showed up with every ounce of confidence in my body being scared as you know what? I actually wore an express suit, oh Katie, to the interview because I had like no They're like, hey. And I had this like I remember going into New York City for like the final interview and the president of Louis Vuitton has like a picture of Scarlett Johansson in his office. I walk in and I'm like, um, where am I? And I have this like $4 bag from like TJ Maxx. And I was like, this kind of looks like Valentino. There's a hole in it. I'm like, nobody look at me. And I sit down and I think I blacked out, you know, like Will Farrow in old school when he debates, yes. but he like blacks out. Yes. I don't know if I even remember what I said. But, you know, you show up with this personality and confidence. I mean, there's so much innately that we possess that I think people don't use enough and take for granted. I have chills Um, all over my body, as you're saying. You know, I feel like like that's such a message. Our superpowers that it's like nobody fucking cares about your resume. You know what? Nobody cares about your beautiful Instagram thing. And we didn't even have that back in the day. I mean, they do care. You have to make sure, you know, like everything looks good and it's aligned. But just be you. Don't go there and don't sit in an interview or don't talk to somebody on the other end and say what you think that they want to hear. Yes. And I think that's what trips so many people up. And I was like, you know what? These are the successes I've had. This is why you should hire me. And I think kind of taking a chance on someone that saw this opportunity as like, 
a huge growth moment and not taking this like luxury job for granted. Because I think a lot of people in those industries were like, oh, well, it's just like luxury. And I've done this my whole life. I was like, I'm ready to learn. I'm I'm ready to know what I don't know and just show me everything. And they took a chance at me. And I I worked at Saks first and ran that boutique and then got promoted to the big store and met you. And like, here we are, sis. Oh my God. That's freaking (laughs) crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. And and so how long did you work at LV? Yeah, I was there for six years. And then when you kind of transitioned from there, you went like up because then you went to like more of the corporate, right? Well, so I um, kind of, so I ended at in Boston, but yes. I was doing like all the leather goods. So I was overseeing like the entire like 80% of that business, which at that time, I feel like now that store has got to be like $30 million. Um, I mean, really? this was, yeah, this was back. I mean, it's almost been like 12 years, but we were maybe at least like 15, 20 million. I mean, it was a big, big, big business and they've changed their model. And of course the price increases. So everything gets more expensive, but it was a huge responsibility. And I would go to all the New York meetings and um, yeah, there just kind of came to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't mind being in stores, but it's getting a little tiring. Um, It's a, it's a big commitment. It's a lot of hours. I love leading people, but I am like, what else is there for me? So unfortunately, I knew I couldn't move to New York. This is like right when I met Mike, my yes. my boyfriend and fiance, you know, and he didn't work weekends. And I was just like, okay, I need to make a, a meaningful pivot. And what do yeah. I do? So um, going back to always love hiring and I always love like staffing stores. That's all I did at Jasmine Sola. Yep. Um, and same at Louie. You know, I was interviewing people all the time. I'm like, why don't I try this sort of recruiting talent management? I called up an agency and was like, you need to hire me again, bring my confidence in the door and was on a hundred percent commission. That's how we're paid. So really came in making no money, leaving this big salary where everyone's like, are you crazy? Like, do you actually have like a mental problem? Did you have like an aneurysm? Did something happen? (laughs) Stroke, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm uh, I am not in alignment with what's next for me. And I want to have more flexibility. And I want to, this was that first step. And as I was telling you before, controlling my own destiny. Yes. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm not getting paid. But then that's the fire under me that I lit to like, Megan, you got to show up. And now working with all these global luxury retail clients. I mean, I, I know I'm, I've been successful because of the credibility I have. And sort of where I've come from, my background and experience. So, so when you pivoted, yeah. when you started pivoting, because obviously yeah. your whole brand is about pivoting, 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 right? When you started pivoting from Louis mm-hmm. to this recruiting job, what were the things that you were feeling bef- as you were like, "This is not good for me anymore," or "This is yeah. not fulfilling me," or "This isn't," I'm not feeling my like, I'm not feeling so fresh because I think we talked about this before we started the podcast today. Is like we all have this innate, amazing, powerful intuition. And we always have like these whispers that are like, this is not what you should be doing. What are you doing? What are you doing? And we just keep being like, but the money's so good and it's easy mm-hmm. and it's like second nature. So what were you feeling when like the spirit was whispering to you and saying like, you got to pivot. This is, yeah. not, this is not for you and your highest, greatest good any longer. You know, like the energy has been used up here. Like what's next? Yeah. I were mean, literally. Some sort of way. Yeah. I feel like it was like waking up every day. Like you have a Sunday scaries. Oh, I hate that. It's the worst. 
just like you shouldn't cry before your wedding. Like if you're balling before walking down the aisle, you like maybe reconsider this marriage. You shouldn't be crying every day before you go to work or they're stressed out because what that does is not only knocks your confidence down a million steps, but you're also showing up and then sharing that energy sort of across the board of like, you know, you kind of don't want to be here. Um, you, you're at risk for making mistakes. Um, you know, your whole kind of mindset changes where I was like, I don't, I don't want to work weekends anymore. Like I don't want to work until midnight and then get back up and work at like 7am. I don't want somebody's nasty bag that their baby puked in to be throwing it in my face, screaming, this is your problem. And I'm like, ma'am, no, your baby puking in your bag is not my problem (laughs) or Louis Vuitton's problem. And I'm not giving you a free one. You know, it was just to the point where, I mean, I had some ladies screaming at me that like, um, uh, a hook on her bag, like, was unsafe for her grandchild because it was going to stab him in the eye. I'm like, well, put your bag in your bedroom. Like, <laughs> Katie, yeah. So there you go. Right. So I was just like, before I explode <laughs> and become a, an HR nightmare, yes. um, it's time for me to do something else. So what you don't want to do ever is get to a super emotional place and then think it's time to start a job search, my friends, because Preach it is it, the worst it. mindset because everything is based on emotion. Everything. Like even think about when you have bad days, a fight with a friend. You want to take a minute, take a breath, take a breath, take a breath, you know, revisit it. But, you know, you don't want to just one bad day. Is not like, let me throw it all out the window and like stomp out and quit? Like, you know, there's still a reputation to be had and you know, or or things that, you know, you could be doing a lot better. So certainly it was my moment to say, okay, I know this is not serving me. What else do I want to be doing? What do I know I don't want to be doing? And truly kind of sitting down with yourself and sort of flushing that out. And then that kind of led to, okay, well, I really love to coach people on jobs and get people hired and work on jobs and projects. And oh, by the way, the job that I was, you know, interviewing for for recruiting was like 100% remote. I'm like, cool, I can like work from home. And this is like 2012 before even this pandemic was a twinkle in anybody's eye. And um, I'm like, wow, I'm going to get my life back and some freedom. Yeah. And that was started it. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't because I knew that that was going to come. And I think we're also scared to take that leap too. And, And I've been managing through this a lot with coaching clients of like, Yes, we all have financial expectations, but sometimes first we need to maybe see what the opportunity is before like setting that price point and bottom line. Like if you know that that is going to be there or maybe you're in a job where you're paid a little bit different, trust yourself that you can freaking do it. You know, some of those highest paying jobs are in some of the worst companies and cultures that you can imagine. Do you want to be all that every day? Like, do you want to be like Miranda Priestley? Probably not. Right. Never. Shamed, fearful, like even more than the Sunday scary. So, you know, that's what I knew. And then I again, I just kind of took control of of my destiny and really was just like, believe in me because I believe in myself. And you did that since from 2012. 
until now until 2000 yeah. well you're still doing it yeah but i want to talk about when you really did the 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 re- most recent pivot mm-hmm. was in 2020 which like you i pivoted during that time too and i'm telling you it takes labias of steel Mm-hmm. to do what we both did. So I want you to tell oh your story gosh. about that because it's just so freaking inspiration. You are literally the epitome of ambitious when you were telling um, me the story. I was like, fuck. Because it's scary as hell, man. It's really scary. Yeah, well, so being in, in luxury staffing, so what I do on my agency side is I run a full desk of all these amazing global luxury brands all over the world I work with. So think Christian Dior, Christian Louboutin, you know, Tiffany and Company, and I find all kinds of jobs for retail and corporate and wholesale people. So it's amazing. Um, fast forward to the early 2020, January, February, you know, we're putting out awesome job offers. Like I think at the start of 2020, we had some big goals, Katie, yeah. right? We're like, I, what? It's, yeah. We were living, bitch, we were living our best fucking lives. Le- best life. I know. Little did we know. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be a great year. Like we're all, you know, on the right track. And then, you know, come March where, wow, like these restaurants are shutting down. Gyms are shutting down. Yep. Everything shut down. Our businesses shut down. I couldn't do my book tour. I wasn't doing half of my business that I had just honed for the last 20 years just went. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. No. (laughs) And, And it was just like, we all have that story of like, okay, wow, none of this was asked for and it's completely out of our control. What are we going to do? And I think that's when you get into this fight or flight Mm. syndrome of like sitting in fear and being frozen Yes, and playing a victim, which I've never played in my life. I mean, a victim to coronavirus, I guess, but it's just like, okay, this is happening to us. We need to feel the feels, but also we need to like move on. And I think as humans, Resilience is a choice. Yes. Right? Agreed, agreed, agreed. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Here's a sign maybe from the universe. I did not manifest COVID. I promise everyone. I'm not that magical. I'm not, well, not that you know magical. That I, think that we I would that. never manifest. I think I think collectively as humans. I think we did. The world I think was we like, collectively I manifested it. pause. Yeah, I think we were all. Yeah, I think we were all just so fucking burnt, and we didn't know our asses from our elbows. And I think the collective energy came together and was like, "Oh, we're gonna make this fucking crazy ass thing happen." And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. They're like, "How can you say that?" But it's like I, I like you are are spooky, Mm -hmm. and I have the intuition, and I know things that just know them intuitively on like a cellular level. And I just felt that as soon as this shit started happening, I knew that this was like a huge reset for everybody Mm -hmm. and people did what they did with it right like people like us we pivoted Mm -hmm. and we ended up like creating some of the most incredible times of our lives i mean it was given the time right and yeah and look what we're doing now with our with our lives but it wasn't easy it was like i said it was ballsy as a motherfucker to do what we both did especially with you know what you did because you had never done anything like this before Never done it. And, you know, so I saw this opportunity where you can imagine uh, retail shutting down, people losing their jobs left and right. As I was telling you, like 200 emails a day coming into my inbox, Megan, as a recruiter, can you talk? Can you help me? Um, Can you help, you know, help me figure out like what I'm going to do next? And I was like, whoa. First of all, I don't You're have like, any. I don't job- even know what I, I'm fucking doing. I don't have any jobs coming in. First of all, I mean, we did work on some jobs, but my income was cut in half that year. I mean, scary stuff. Where I know a lot of people suffered a lot of loss across the board. Oh, yeah. But you know, when you kind of take a look at your business and you're like, oh my gosh, and then this bigger community to serve, I was like, oh. 
let me let me just start a business in yes. a business during yes. a pandemic. Let me just see if there's something here. So I thrusted myself into a master coaching program where I'm like, this is my sign from the universe. It's giving me a little extra time to focus back on myself again. I love that. That's yeah. wild. That's why you know? most people wouldn't do that. Most people would be like, I'm going to drink bourbon. And eat Chinese. I'm gonna food. clean out my wine fridge, you know. And there were days I mean, we did that. We did, that, we too, did girl. that, but did that. both of us did pivot. And with what you did, it was absolutely incredible. So let's talk about mm -hmm. the pivot itself with your coaching company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after my accreditation, and this was what like August, October of 2020, low key. And I think what everyone gets so stuck in these days of building a business or anything is that everything has to be perfect. <laughs> It doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has to be perfect. Just and it's freaking start. Yeah. Just start it. Just never do. gonna be the right time. Never. Sister. So I was like, I'm gonna throw up this like hoopty website, and uh, you know, there's a legitimacy behind it. Okay, here's my story. Here's my bio. Why work with me? All the things you need to flush out. Because sure, you know, you as a personal brand, you're one. What does someone think about when they think of Katie Boyd? You know, like, what are, what are you connected to? How are you helping people? How are you serving? Like, you need to get that out. And that was honestly the hardest. The creative process of building this is what drains you the most. Yeah. I mean, that's what people get stuck on and they don't ever get so fucking clients. They're, they get stuck in the minutia of like the colors of my website and my logo and like, it, ugh. Nothing, no that doesn't matter. No Nobody cares. How, how do people leave uh, feeling after working with you? That's right. That's what matters. It's all I care about. That's fucking on point. Girl. So, you know, I think for me, it was like, okay, I'm doing this. And I remember starting to kind of tiptoe and put the coaching out there. And it was really tough because as a recruiter, when people come to me, it's a free service that I offer to people. But I can only give you a job when my clients who are paying me have a job that works for you. Yes. Right. So I'm not an agent for people. I'm an agent for my clients. And when, you know, I really started showing up and sharing my worth and my value for what this coaching program looked like, mind you, months and months of putting together worksheets and strategy plans. Like all this is an investment on my end as well, people. And it's not free. And I was getting a lot like of that price, like scarcity, like afraid of charging people early on because you feel bad. And as empaths, like you want to help people. But like, what is your time worth? Like protect your peace, protect your boundaries. What is that all worth? And I think um, that was the hardest part for me to go over was charging people. And I remember my first coaching client, I was so scared. I'm like, this person has to like be like the next president, <laughs> like, you know, like making sure like they get the most out of it. But um, you just have to do it. We have to do scary things. We absolutely have to do scary things. And by the way, you know, on top of that, I started a podcast. I'm like, how much more can I do? Um, mm -hmm. You know, let's keep just doing it. But you know what? It's been so rewarding. And it has grown, again, very passively planting seeds, putting my voice out there, becoming a thought leader, sharing a lot of things that are easily accessed on my website, free blogs, free downloads, free resume tips and tools, you know, things where you can get my insight without working one-on-one, -on -one, but being seen as a thought leader and standing in my own light, Katie. Yes. I think like having my own platform, having my own voice, 
breaking those corporate ties, which I think so many people get stuck in. And I work with people every day that are in like the worst environments, catty as all hell, you know, being working so hard. Being abused, literally. Being abused, abused, not speaking up for themselves, not asking for a raise, being thrown around. And it needs to stop. stop. It has to stop with us because like you said earlier in the podcast, no one's coming to save you. No one. And you know, I'm a huge proponent of coaching because I've been in the coaching industry for 20 plus years. And I always tell people like stand on the shoulders of giants, right? It would take you, let's just say three years to do all the research to, to know what maybe, and no one will ever know what you know, but like, you know, the, the, the Mm -hmm. nuts and bolts, right? Mm -hmm. Why can't you just go and pay fucking Megan to coach you for, you know, 10 sessions. And guess what? That investment to your future could yield you a thousand times your ROI. You know, it's just like people don't think like that. They get so hung up with the money and why should I pay for coaching? I should just Google this or I watch a YouTube video. Like, go ahead, waste your fucking time, spin your wheels. Yeah. Why do that when you can just, again, stand on the shoulders of giants? It's like you're you're so into fitness. Mm-hmm. I love your Instagram. You're always like working out, kicking <laughs> ass, right? Taking names. But you work hard, you play hard, which I love yeah. about you also. Yeah, balance. Like, yeah. You're not... <laughs> even though you probably are a fitness professional because of all the years you've been working out, you're not a coach in the fitness world. You're not, um, you know, a nutritionist. What, it's like the same thing. Why would you go and like Google the perfect diet and all the perfect thing? Just go to your fucking coach and go get coached. Go get worked out, you know, mm-hmm. go get a meal plan from that person or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing, but people, they just get so afraid of the number value of like the coaching where it's like, you have to believe that this person and you know that the person is right for you. You can feel it when you get it. And I know you do introductory calls to see if it's a good fit because, oh yeah, you know, they might want to work with you, but you might get on a call with someone and be like, oh, I don't like your vibe. I'm not dealing with you. Are, you already know, like, because you're an empath and you have the intuition. Yeah. But I think it's so important for, I think everyone should have a coach in some capacity. I really, truly do. Whether it's a business yeah. coach or a spiritual coach or a mentor of some sorts, I just think it's so freaking important. I really, really do. What you're doing is, I hate to say it, but it's, it's God's work, honey. No. And it's like, what are you losing out on by like not investing in yourourself? Oi, come on now. It's <laughs> it's everything. I mean, everything. you know, and it's just like to move the needle forward. And I think what is so powerful about having a coach is it's not your best friend's cousin, sister's aunt that's going to tell you, oh, honey, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, girl, you crazy. Or getting the advice of a family member. Or, you know, if you're going to live through the opinions of others, God bless. Mm -hmm. God bless. Because everyone's going to tell you what you should be doing. You know, I want anyone out there listening. What do you want to be doing? What the hell do you want to do with your life? What does yeah. that look like? What does your dream look, look like? And go get even, it. They don't go even friggin', they don't even sit and t- think about these things. So right. in Ambitious, yeah. and you you have my book, and we talked about this before, I yeah. have the girls think about what is their perfect day. So mm-hmm. if you're living in your dream life, you have your dream relationships, you have these amazing boundaries, you're healthy, you're happy, you're you know giving back, you are living in your purpose and your power, Tell me what your day looks like every day. When do you wake up? Who do you hang out with? What right. are you eating? Who are you working out with? What kind of relationship are you having with your significant other? What are you doing for work? But people don't even give themselves a, an hour to sit and think about how they want to create their lives, but they'll go watch seven hours of Real Housewives. Right. And get lost in like Netflix and like unhealthy habits and cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love you said yeah. um, when you, hold on, when you 
feel good, you do good. That's mm-hmm. one of your quotes. When you feel oh, good, yeah. you do good. Can we talk yeah. a little bit about that? Because I just love, 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 love that. Oh my gosh. Well, think about it. I mean, just the endorphins of um, whether you're putting a lot of work in working out and you freaking put on this outfit and you're like, damn, my body looks banging mm-hmm. and I can conquer the world. Um, you know, if or you get out there and you nail an interview or, you know, you're helping somebody out and, you know, you're doing kind things in the universe. I mean, in general, overall, if your mind's right, if your spirit's right, if you're all the things are aligned, I mean, you're going to go out there and be like, how can I not be an asshole today? (laughs) That's like what we all should strive for. That's me every day. But um, if you're living in all the mindset things, limiting beliefs, significance, fear, hurt. I mean, uh, you know, as the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people, you know, you're, you're not going to be showing up your most authentic self. And I think working with a coach, like really helps you. And, and as you know, we're not therapists. Like I'm not licensed to give you, I'm not equipped for that child. No, no, <laughs> like no, I no. Don't, please. no, I'll be calling 911. Okay. So <laughs> yes. that's what Hang it says in my and dial 911. Yes. But you know, it's just like, why not given what we've all been through in our lives, but over the past two years, why wouldn't you want to wake up every day and be like carpe diem motherfuckers. Absolutely. I'm going to seal seize this day and ain't no one going to break my stride. Mm-hmm. Nobody going to slow me. Yes. Down. Sing it. Oh no. I, I got to keep on moving. See, <laughs> you're welcome it's, everybody. Did you know there was American Idol? Um, <laughs> I love that. I love it. You're going to, you're going forward. I, can everyone finals. just said their ringtone to that for like the next week. We're going to give people homework I and I want that to be everyone's wake up ringtone. Okay. It's, but it's so freaking true, dude. Yeah. It's everything you're saying is right on the money. So if you had advice um, and just your Megan advice for women who are actually scared to pivot or to take that leap and just be like, you know what? I'm working at a job that literally if I died, they would fucking not even probably bow their heads in silence. And I would be, you know, someone else would be in here 24 hours after my fucking casket was put in the ground. Like, what would be your advice for those women who are afraid? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want you to believe that you deserve better. If you don't believe that you deserve better, it's not going to happen. Mm hmm. So that's You're number right. one. Yes. You know, and you you have to believe you deserve to feel good, to be good, to, to have better, best. And, um, you know, I think that when you do work in those environments where you really feel kicked down, for me, it was finding habits or things in my routine that I could do or people, high vibe people. Um, you, you know, you really have to kind of start to release yourself from or detach yourself you know, from those like negative environments, conversations, situations and say, okay, right now this isn't serving me, but what is the next best step I can take to kind of move the needle forward for me to either look somewhere else, or maybe it's having a conversation with your boss and saying, you know what, so-and-so is being a pain in the ass. Or so I think like, we're so afraid to speak up these days too, which is what we've been through or, or stand in our worth and our power. I mean, the biggest thing I help people constantly coach with is like negotiating money, salary. Like, why are we so afraid to ask for, for more? Especially women. Like men, right? honestly, I don't, I'm not saying all men, but most men that I know, like 
What's the big deal? Just go in there and ask for a fucking raise or whatever. Right. Have no- Men- Imposter syndrome met there. Like, is that a candy bar in CVS? <laughs> Sounds like, delicious. No. Right. It's like, where can I get that Ben and Jerry's flavor? No. <laughs> so first it starts with confidence. You know, I feel like I want, and, and I know you're such an amazing, you know, confidence um, supporter as well, but just go do something that makes you feel good. Like you got to just kind of get and start to get out of this negative sort of way or environment and and build back up that confidence, which I, I know takes time, but it's kind of like stepping into this voice and really believing that you deserve better. And then finding whether, you know, you can invest in a coach or, you know, maybe there's a mentor in your industry and LinkedIn, like there's so many great social tools and options now that we never had before. Women's groups, community groups, um, don't be afraid to like, go to an event by yourself. Just show up for yourself every day. I think like that's what I really just give the advice to for anyone listening to start first. Like just show up for yourself every day. Do something that scares you and start building up that confidence because you can make a move. Katie and I have been doing it our whole lives. And we've been like kicked down like (laughs) off to the grouch. Like at Sesame Street, got Big Bird like kicking us down the street, you know, rolling in the can. (laughs) Yeah, but so, now you know we're like the Muppet guys, though. Now that like are, make fun of everybody from like the we're up in the balcony. balcony. Yeah, yes. we're just talking yeah. shit now. We're just like, we're old. <laughs> and We've been through too much. We have post traumatic stress <laughs> oh disorder. God, I can't. Um, but that's just the, the first way. I know. I, I like always like to like write down my points, but I and then also too, like I was saying before, like just the weight of people's words can really sit with you and just be careful um, as you kind of come into this new life, this rebirth, who you surround yourself with because your friends are going to change. Yeah. I mean, you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. And sometimes when I say that to people, they literally look at me like gulp, like what the fuck? Cause they're not surrounding themselves with the right people. You know, I, I mean, I like you surround myself with powerhouse people that it's like this shit is like, yeah, what's the big deal? Beyond, yeah. Yeah. It's like, mm, well, who cares? But then I go and I coach with some of my clients and the, some of the things that I say to them, they think I'm speaking another fucking language from like uh, some galac- galaxy far, far away. <laughs> galaxy, you know? the guardians of galaxy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. honey, this is real. Like if I can do this and come from where I came from, you can do fucking anything. But they still like they don't they they want like. I don't know. They want like a silver platter with all the answers. And that's just like not how it, how it goes. You have to go yeah. out and like do the thing. No one's coming to save you. No, dude. We need to make a teacher of this. I know. We really do. No one is going to save you and no one can advocate for you but you. I feel like I have had a lot of clients in the past. No more. But and I don't know if you've experienced this where people hire you or they start to talk to you and they think like you're going to solve their problems for you. For them. Sorry. Yeah. You're going to solve their problems for them. And I think that that can be a very muddy, really dangerous road to walk with a client coach relationship. Cause a lot, cause in the end, I don't like you and you don't like me because right. you expected me to save your ass. And I expected you to listen to what I was saying and go do the fucking thing. Right. Have you ever? Oh, been, all it, the time. And I, th- yeah. And I think like, that's what I love how is, honest you are. Yeah. The first kind of intake call when I can kind of sniff out, like, are you really ready to do the work? Are you ready to put in the time? Because coaching in some of our aspects, like you and I, we both give advice, like we're very generous in that, but we're not doing the work for you. Um, and you're not going to get the results unless you do it. So yes. there's just like Kim Kardashian's fat burning pill back in the day. You're not, there's no magical pill. There's no magical thing. There's no magical email is going to drop in your box and like some fairy's going to fall out of your ass and be like, here you go, sis. Yeah. Like Wish. you have to do 
the work. And there is so much strength that comes in growth from the struggle, from failing, from not knowing everything. And like, I freaking love to fail. Like, give me something. I hope I fail, actually, because I freaking learn a lot. And I learn maybe what's not going to work the next time and keep growing. But I think that yeah, I don't tie my outcomes to my clients. I mean, my clients have had amazing, amazing successes, but it's because people are really serious about doing the work. Yeah. And, and those you, are people and I work with. that shit out before it even right gets away. too far. Oh, right yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. I will ask you 25 questions that'll make you poop your pants. And then you're <laughs> like, mm, I'm scared of this girl. And then if you're afraid of me, it's probably not the right time to be working with yeah. you. <laughs> well, you know, I like to always have a little you know? bit of fear. I always have like a little bit well, of fear. But it, having somebody ask you the hard hitting questions, Katie, your family at Thanksgiving is not Oof. like, what do you want your life to look like? They're like, um, why don't you bring the sweet potato casserole, yes. you asshole? You know yep. I mean? Absolutely. It's like, so, you better show up. <laughs> fuck yeah, with the green bean casserole. Right, we better show up fucking pants. With the crab apple the splatters time. afterwards. Oh my God. Fall asleep with Uncle Phil on the couch or something, whatever. <laughs> God bless. Of you know, course, his name is Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, what makes your method different? Because you have the whole method. Mm-hmm. What makes your method so different from maybe other coaches? Oh my gosh, because I'm coaching people off the path that I've been on for 20 plus years. Because yes. I like, I'm not Jesus carrying the cross. I'm not going to say that, but I, I've, I've paved the way. I helped put some of those bricks in the sidewalk. Okay, oh, so freaking lootly. So, like, okay, my my case in point. I'd love to share this example, and whatever football fans fight me, but when Tom Brady retired from the Patriots, yes. why do you think Tampa Bay? Why do you think they brought him on? Oh, because he's won Super Bowls. And mm-hmm. what did he do the first season there? He won a Super Bowl. That's right. So the path you desire is best paved by somebody that has been there. Write that down. Make that another T-shirt, Katie. Okay, stickers. But you have to, I I truly believe, for me, I invest in people that have walked the walk and can talk the talk. Okay, so you were talking about like these 25 questions that you asked that like make people poop in their pants. I think those were your exact words. Like, because listen, I have questions too that I ask people that are really important because I, I know that like if they can't answer these questions, I cannot give them my time, my energy, my great ideas because, you know, we're both fucking geniuses, let's be honest. So yeah. are there like certain questions that you're like, I have to ask these potential clients A, B, C, and D because this is going to prove to me what really matters to them and if they're actually going to show up and do the work. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is motivation. (laughs) Hell yeah. I love to ask, you know, like what motivated you to reach out to me? Um, You know, what's motivated you in life to make meaningful changes? I, I think for me, like learning the backstories of some of the people I'm working with and, you know, kind of like, I think it susses out a lot of initial mindset things Yes, where, and this is an emotional process in general, in terms of coaching and listen, like you want to show up and you hold space for people, but at some point, Katie, and you know, we have to be so careful. Like I am not a licensed therapist. Oh my God. You aren't. Cause I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not allowed to clinically like give you advice in a way if you are in a really bad spot. Yes. Right. And it's like, when's the last time you felt joy? And if I feel that there's just so many big issue undertones, you know, you have to be really careful. 
and make sure, you know, as an accredited coach, like maybe you're offering like, Hey, I might not be the best person for you to reach out to, um, or to be working with you through this. Um, because you know, at, at one point where we focus so much, like on what we coach to, you got to get, you got to get your head right. You got to get your mind right. You kind of have to, you know, get into the space where you feel good and you feel ready to be able to take this journey. And that takes time. And listen, I'll work with people one-on-one to say, okay, tell me, let's sit down. Let's talk about your story. And initially first, like we've all through been the highs and lows, but I I give um, a lot of my initial clients this sort of exercise to be like, okay, great. That's your story. How can you rewrite that? Yes. How can you see that in a different way? Because do you see when you're doing this intake, because I have them too, I do the same thing as you. Yeah. Do you see that people like, when you're like, okay, tell me your story. They're like, so in 1987, I was abused by this guy. And then yeah. and then it just goes boom, 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 boom. And it just goes down to this dark place. And I'm just literally yes. like, f- that is such a, oh, fuck moment for me as a coach. Because I'm just like, oh, this person is so fucking married to their story. that There's I, a lot there. I yeah. don't even know if I can help them. Because they no. might need like a therapist or like right. a, someone who specializes in post-traumatic stress disorder or like whatever, you know? So I, have you seen that before? Like you're just like, oh, this person's going down a bad path. It's like, I don't want to hear the story about like their trauma. I want to hear their story about like how they got to the place where they reached out to me. Right. Like the self-awareness to be like, I need to like get out of my own freaking way. But a hundred percent. And you know what? That's the victim mindset. I'm sorry. I have so many this. people in my family that hold on to what someone said 75 years ago at a Thanksgiving Ooh, table yes. or, or they're on the Titanic and like, oh, you put down with the ship and I still remember what It's like said. Abraham Lincoln <laughs> four score and seven years ago. I'm like, really? So they're holding we're on still talking about the Declaration of Independence. They're like, this was written and it's just let it go. Let it go. And how can you see that person and listen, abuse and all that, we are, I'm not even going to touch that because that's like you said, a whole special sauce, but like, how oh, do yeah. you see that person cutting themselves out of your lives or this not working out for you or that not happening? How do you see that actually happening for you? Oh, right? and it all happens for you. I just it have chills all, all over my body. for us. Yep. Yeah, same. Absolutely. And, you know, so I think like really sitting down with someone and immediately between like my coaching and also recruiting where I'm talking to people every day about motivations to make job moves and whatnot, like really kind of like finding that source of like that ethos of like who you are and like where you just are in the moment, emotionally, mentally, how you see your story and like, why, why are you here? Because as we know, if someone, you know, someone can say, Oh, I'm so excited. I want to work with a coach. We are not miracle workers. We cannot do the work for you if you are not showing up and saying, I'm going to commit to this program and I'm hiring you because I need to be held accountable and have time to hold space, but also do the work in myself. Like that's where the results come in. And I can't work with people that are not ready to see and work for those results. Absolutely. And to go back to, I love the story that you were saying about like the whole Tom Brady football thing. It's like, why did the Buccaneers hire Tom Brady. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause he fucking won how many Super Bowls and guess right. what he did the first year? He won another Super Bowl for them. Right. Yeah. And it, and I always say like, stand on the shoulders of giants. Like if you w- desire to be like someone, not the same person, cause that can never happen. But if you're like, oh, you know what? Megan Hool 
she look at her track record. Like, look where she came from. Like, look where she, what she's doing now. Like, I know that that bitch can help me in A, B, C, and D because we have similarities mm-hmm. or working with me in whatever capacity that they work with me. Like, a lot of people come to me because they want to learn how to coach and do the mentorship and the healing and all that kind of stuff. But then they don't want to take like, okay, A plus B equals C. They don't want to do the work. And they think that just by proximity to greatness that all of a sudden it's going to rub right. off on you like a lot of Right. It's like, that's not how it freaking works. And I can't tell no. you how many clients that I've had to actually like, quote unquote, break up with because right. I just knew I'm like, okay, this I'm starting to smell what the rock is cooking. This person yeah. like only wants to be around me to like pick my brain and like whatever. And it's like, they're not going to really actually do shit. So I... And I, and I don't know how you feel about this, but then I start to feel like I'm taking this person's money and I know that they're not going to do anything. So it's like, it makes me feel icky inside, right. you know? In your conscious, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, oh my God, pick your brain. Like, can, can we find another way to approach people? That's another podcast of like how to master the networking scene. But you're right. It's just to have someone We need to do that podcast. Up. Heck yeah, like networking more, my, nothing is more, oh. Nothing is more ridiculous than when someone goes, hey, can I buy you a coffee or take you to lunch and pick your brain? I'm like, oh, that's that sounds fucking fun. Let me give you my free advice, um, free life advice. You're like, "Mm -mm, no, honey, we've worked too hard to get to this point. Like, we want to collaborate. But no, I mean, there's going to be those energy suckers. And those those are the people that will then come to you and be like, well, I didn't get the results. And we don't make promises. There's a big old disclaimer in that last page of my contract, baby, that says this is on you, sis. It's on you. Absolutely. So we can lead you there, but you know, the work has to be put in and it's so magical, Katie, when you have somebody that have these incredible breakthroughs, like I'm working with someone right now who has been in their own way for a very long time. And to like see someone in a session that comes in and lights up, it's like, I finally had that conversation and I like finally like have oh. a plan and I'm going to do this next. And I talked to this person and it's just like that you put yourself in a different vibration, right? It's, it's the best drug to me. That's the best drug. To go. I know. Right? I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, yeah. It feels so, it feels yeah. so freaking good. But unfortunately, yeah. it they yeah. are few and far between for all coaches because, again, like you said, 98% of the humans that we work with and just the humans on this earth are never going to get out of their own way. They're so deeply entrenched in their victimhood and their hypnotic rhythm. And yeah. no matter, we could literally stand on our heads and spit quarters and like sing the fucking Pledge of Allegiance or whatever the fuck, and it still wouldn't be enough for them period no. you know put on like a britney concert and be like you want a piece of me and like it doesn't matter you know i i feel like I've had, that song, I've had that song stuck in my head since the beginning of year isn't it true as coaches it's like your phone dings you know walking down the street like running to our podcast i'm like my phone's going off my watch going off this is going off a carrier pigeon drops no in yep. my hair like someone shits on me i'm like you want a piece of me but <laughs> we do weird. and this is the magic. This is the magic. That's why people sign up. You want this magic. You want this energy. Well, then we want it on the client side. You um, know, bring your energy, bring bring the magic and get ready to work and you're going to see results. Absolutely. I know. know it really is that easy. It's like the yeah. consistency is the key and showing up for yourself and putting yourself number one. And I always say like so many of my clients are like, you know, they have kids, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. I would die for my children. I would die for my children. And I'm like, would oh, you gosh. fucking die for yourself? Because God damn it, your kids yeah. ain't getting shit from you. They're getting a half dead person every day yeah. as their mother because you yeah. can't freaking rise to the occasion of your greatness that God placed in your fucking heart. 
I know. Isn't it crazy? Kids. And then I see it in the corporate world of like, nobody knows how to talk about themselves because they're connecting themselves to a person or a brand for so long. Like, what do you want to do? Like, who are you? We are all people before we joined this company or got married or got kids. Like the the best and biggest thing I've done over the past three years is gosh dang, I found my voice, Katie. Yes. Standing in my power unapologetically saying like, this is me. This is what I love. Like, this is who I am. And if you want to be around it, great. Do a big old friends edit. If you're not on this like choo-choo train, the stops coming up. Bye-bye. I'm done. You know, and and like we were just saying, surrounding yourself with those people. Uh Yeah. Matt always says, get on the bus or get under the bus, but there's no in between. And it's true. Like, and that's, it's cutthroat and it's fucking ruthless, but it's like this, it, you know what it is? And I know you're going to get this because you're just like on the, the same vibe is it's fucking mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. Like yeah. this shit every day is legit spiritual warfare. Like every day I get up and I'm like, okay, get your fucking armor on, bitch. Because <laughs> I get Vaseline. Yeah. It's like get my yeah. Vaseline out, take my fucking hoop <laughs> earrings out. Like I want to cut a bitch. And 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 yes. I mean that in like the, the realist ass way. Like it yeah. really is warfare. And it's like you have to go to battle with like strength and determination. And you have to say to yourself, and I think that this is where a lot of people fall flat and maybe, maybe this will resonate you or you can back this up or not, but it's like really, truly at the end of the day, no one's fucking coming to save you. No, no one's coming to fucking save you. I know you say this all the time and I love, I love that you say that because it's so fucking raw and it's so real, but I really, truly feel that people think at the end of the day, like, Megan's going to Megan's going to give me this like a million dollar idea and I'm just going to mm-hmm. run with it. And it's like, no, ah, you know how many fucking million dollar ideas I've given to people. I've literally said to them, I'm going to give you a million dollar idea only because I don't have the fucking I just don't feel like doing this. Like, right. I, I, I can't do this. This is not my wheelhouse. But I'm telling you. And guess what? Do you think that they fucking do it? They don't act on it. I know. Zero. You well, know, you know so what? I'm just like, yeah. I, I created Spanx, Katie. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm just kidding, Sarah Blakely. I'm like, all these million, billion dollar deals that I let go. I used to wear my skims, my shapewear, my tights, like tight tights. Um, yep. Do you remember like legs hosiery Ooh. that you would like buy and from like egg. CVS? And the little egg. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they made this like one um, hosiery, which was like this like, you know, sculpting hosiery. It would literally morph like the shape of your legs because it was so tight that I'm like, yes i'm skinny so i'm like pulling it on and then you put like your pants on underneath and you're all slim uh, and then you know of course spanks and skims and all the things i'm like i was doing that first no i'm just kidding but it, you you know it, you you can lead a horse to water but you can't you can't make them do the things and it's but just look like, at the man, woman life's so short you look know? at the woman that fucking invented spanks okay yeah. her name is sarah right sarah yeah if you listen to her story and you really really like listen to her story the yeah. shit that that bitch had to do and mm-hmm. she hawked her fucking Spanx herself. Like she yeah. would like go into, of her car. Goes, go into yeah. Nordstrom and be like, hi, can I just have like um a little like thing to set up my shit? And she would fucking pound that shit. No one, no marketing agency was like, we're going to make Spanx the biggest thing. The since big idea. No, right, she didn't have a Kris Jenner yet. You know, like everyone know. thinks that that. Oh, my Mm-mm. God. That's another thing. People come to me and they're like, mm-hmm. so I need a social media manager. I need a marketing strategist. I need a PR firm. I'm like. What do you what do you PR in? What are you marketing? Right. What what's the strategy? What the fuck are you selling? And they're like, they don't even have the thing. That and yet. I'm like, you're yeah. putting the fucking cart before the horse, before the horse isn't even alive yet. It's still like an egg in its mother's fucking uterus. Like you know, like it's not. 
the thing. It's these fast winds. I mean, do you feel, what do you feel like has affected that over the years? Because you and I come from a very different, you know, kind of same generation. Mm-hmm. Nothing handed to us. No social media. Yeah. Yeah, what do I think it is now? Like, like why people like think this way? Yeah, like bitches clawing at each other, fighting in the streets. I, like now, everybody it's so behind the scenes. Like Insta trolls. Yeah. Like I've actually seen like fist fights outside of my high school. Now Legit. kids are like, I'm in my basement, and I, you know, I'm just no, like, and we I'm would like, like be like, meet me at the fucking flagpole, bitch. At three o'clock, I'm gonna fuck you up. And <laughs> I'm gonna I li- pull your hair out. That's what I would do, and I would, cr- <laughs> I would scratch them, and I would like bite them, and pull their friggin' weave, and like <laughs> back in the day, no I've one had good so weave, many. so it would just fall right out. Oh you know? no, you're, it's actually your real hair. But like, what do you think? What what has changed where people just think that there's these fast fixes? It's social um, media. I think there's a bunch of different right? things. So I yeah. think I think number one, a lot of people are in the bad side of network marketing mentality, where they like mm-hmm. get it's a get rich quick scheme. Yes, and they don't yes. really realize like how much goes into you know you hear these people. Um, that are in like a network marketing company and they're like, she's a millionaire in eight right. weeks, you know? And right. it's like, yes. but, but the thing is, is like, she also was like maybe one of the biggest nutrition coaches in the world. And then she was like, oh, I, this sponsored thing that I was doing isn't really working for me anymore. So I'm going to go over here to this network marketing thing. And then I'm, I'm going to bring all of like my people with me. So it's like this overnight success. But what they don't see is maybe she made a million dollars in eight months or whatever. But then what happens is people are like, uh, the shake's not working or this pill isn't working or it never did work. And I'm sick of getting this auto ship every month. And then they, she might have made a million dollars. But then guess what? She's making $2,000 a month. Right, now. No one down. sees that shit. No one sees. Right. Like, show me your fucking bank account, bitch. Like yeah. all these people. Oh, girl, now I'm going to now I'm going to get know. on a tear. Some yeah. of these people are like, I'm a multimillionaire. And I'm like, show me your assets. Show, show, show me your number. bank account. Show me the numbers. Like, I want to. You're you can. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say in this day and age, but that doesn't mean you're real. So that's number one. I think it's the get rich quick schemes. That's number one. I think number two, it is um, everyone posting their highlight reels on social media. Comparison schemes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, so-and-so is in front of a, like a Lamborghini Diablo. And it's like, that's not their fucking car. They're on Newberry Street. <laughs> they're at a car show. <laughs> they're at a car show or somebody's on Newberry Street that parked their car to go into friggin', you know, wherever and get food. And then they're like, yo, I wish you, get, you guys can't see me what I'm doing right now, but I'm like, yo, like they stand in front of the car and they're like, you know, do that weird thing. <laughs> Or they like, yeah, or they're at an air show and there's like wheels up and they're like, get on my private jet. I'm like, right. That's not even, you're not even getting on that. That's not even yours. You know, bro, let me hold your Louis Duffel real quick. Okay. This is the shit that I'm saying. Smoke and mirrors a little bit. It's all smoke and mirrors. And I also (laughs) think too, the third thing is um, everyone has really big balls because no one actually has to face people. So like back in the day, when you like go right. to high school and like some girl yeah. jerked your boyfriend off at a keg party and you're like, bitch, I'm going to fuck you up. Right. You had to go the next day and see that bitch Confrontation. in your fucking science class. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, you yes. it, it's not like, oh, you know, she's not even a real person because it's just a picture of a person. So that's why people can like go on and say like whatever the fuck crazy shit they want to you on social media, not. because to them, you're not real. Right. Like you're not right. real. So I and think they, it's like that. Yeah. Tr- it's like a triple threat of those three things. And yeah. that's why sometimes so like, good. and I know that we're the same age. So I want to like kick it old school. Yeah. Like I want to like call a friend and be like, hey, I have this thing. Like, I really think that you would be like great at it. Or I have this thing. Like, would you want to come to me on a re- with or do a retreat with me? Or do you want to go on a vacation with like no one has these like 
one-on-one conversations. Like even, I don't know if this is you because this is me now and I like hate myself for it sometimes. Like, you know, when you text someone mm-hmm. and then you're like, fuck, I really have to ask this person. I'm going to just call them. If someone texts me and then they call me, I literally fall on the ground. Right. You're like, oh my God, the, phone's, the phone's ringing. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, do you remember it's back crazy. in the day? Like all would... we did was talk on the phone. I mean, like we, you go home from school, you see all your friends all day and then you go and you're on the phone for five hours. Yes, 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 I yes. I yes. was just thinking about that, but I, I tell you, and I have like younger brothers and nieces and nephews and it's really scary. And I think maybe some of us o- older generations going on, like we are finding it hard to like how t- how do we interact with people anymore? Yes. How do we hold Especially after COVID though, especially right? after the pandemic because- And like COVID it, did nobody any good. Yeah. No, even the other day, my husband was, and yeah. you know, Matt, he's like super bubbly, outgoing, whatever. And he said to me the other day, mm-hmm. he goes, you know, like I need an hour every day, at least alone by myself. Yeah. He goes, because I, he, it's almost like we're like, we're oddly agoraphobic now. Like we want to go out like that. Our fun side of us is like, let's go into the city and like have dinner with Megan and her husband, you know? And then all of a sudden yeah. you like start thinking about getting dressed and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, no, oh my God. No, I know you, you like stress yourself out. It's more anxiety inducing than you look forward to it. Where back in the day, that. we couldn't wait yeah. to put on our fucking, like our little silk shin outfits and go, <laughs> <laughs> and go clubbing. Right. How yes. did I do it? Like, how am I still here and survive the madness? I like, don't know. But oh then I God. see like younger kids going to like the big festivals and shit. And then just like, what, a, what about that no. seems fun to you? <laughs> no, with like Burning Man. And with like a bunch of dust in your eye, I'm like, no way. No, I mean, if, if I don't have like a, a king bed, I have to bring my own pillows places now. I'm like that Honest to God. girl. Me too. Yeah. On swear, swear yeah. to you, it's so it's so freaking bad. Because we like but our hope... habitats. Like we have, yes. you know, you create beautiful spaces. You're like, I don't need to go anywhere else. Plus, like yeah. you have better wine and food at your own damn house anyway. Well, that's what I say to my husband. I go, <laughs> if I'm going to go anywhere, yeah. it needs to be better than Casa de Baybine because right. I'm I like, I'm coming to you, are. Katie. Right. No. Like I'm like, why would I go and like spend all this money to stay at the Four Seasons and be in a hot tub yeah. with a bunch of gross people when I could just be in my own hot tub in my backyard? You know, like yeah. it's just, oh, it's the, yeah. you know, it's. It's such a double-edged sword, right? Because you become so successful and then like nothing really like wets your whistle anymore. You're just like, oh, no. I just, just want to stay home and watch fucking Hell Netflix yeah. and drink my delicious What's well, what the Kardashians do? Well, first, they can't even go out. And if they do, they're calling paparazzi anyway to like show up and take pictures oh, of them being percent. out. But like, why do you think all these celebrities, they have their houses, they just stay home. Yep. Amen. I, I'm there for it. I am so there for it. Like, so I hope that like yeah. what we just talked about, I think that I hope that people listen to what we say as like elders yeah. in the community and say yeah. like, hmm, like maybe I should show more of my real shit on social media. And and like even not even like I don't have to fucking post everything. Like if I go on vacation with my husband, like do I have to post every fucking breath that we take? Like, is nothing fucking sacred anymore? Like, I don't know. I'm just like kind of old school like that shit. Same. Yeah. And then if you don't, it's like, where, where did you go? And I think people stress so much too. If I'm not posting, not constantly putting myself out there and become irrelevant. It's like, no, I mean, your vibe in your community will always see. And I think you taking rests and taking breaks, like as leaders, as mentors, as Tom Brady, you know, you got to show people the way and, and be like, right. it's okay not to put everything out there, but it's also okay to like celebrate, you know, successes and share vulnerabilities. And I don't know, I just feel like it always has to be this balance. I'm, 
I'm all about, and it's not about being lucky. I know it's a trend now, like with like TikTok and influencer. I'm so lucky. Everything good happens to me. <laughs> it's like, okay, whoa, everyone hates you. Bye. But it, you know, it's about saying like, shoot, like posting something and having people clap for you. You know, I think people now too are on the other side of it. Like I'm scared to like brag or I'm scared to share something that really good happened to me because I don't want to make other people feel bad. It's like, maybe you're actually going to inspire somebody. Yes. Absolutely. And right? don't be and don't be embarrassed for all the things that you've gained and all the successes that you've had. Yeah. Who you know what I mean? Like you're not yeah. bragging. I mean, there are people out there that use yes, the bragger that do as a tactic. That. Yes. Like look at my jet, look at my car, look at my this, look at my that. Uh, that's not really my vibe, but like no. you know, if you like you were in New York recently and you were like, I'm gonna take over the world and I had all these things and I was like watching you and I was like, you know, of course, because I love you like with all my heart. I'm like, yes, bitch, take over the world. Take it, you know, one client at a time. But you know, and in a realistic way, it's you know, kind of showing that, yeah, when you make appointments, when you show up, yes. when you show up for yourself, when you go to New York and you have meetings until, you know, eleven and then you get up and you know, you work out, you do Barry's class, you're like proud, you're like, Yes, I did it. You know, or it's so easy to press news and yep. just like let it go by. Um, so yeah, no, it's not a highlight reel to make people feel bad about not doing the most, but it's also a little inspiration of like, if I can do it, you can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So what is next for the whole oh, method? What is next for yes. you personally? Like I want to hear all the things. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, continuing to big out, to build out a bigger sort of coaching models, offerings. And I know we talked about, I would love to um, get sort of a career academy going this year, Katie. You know, how can more people be accessible to me versus just the one-on-ones? Yes. you know, which are an investment for sure. Right. Um, but you know, if there is someone that can, is maybe in a really good spot and says like, you know, I, I want Megan's guidance through videos or modules and can show up and do the work. Like, Hey, here's something you can do on your own time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's creating more of a group kind of function. I really want to get out more front facing doing panels. And like you said, like getting on the road, I, I just, I love this, like to be seen is to be believed. I think that's a quote from saying, uh, not St. Elizabeth, but uh, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, yes. not St. Elizabeth. Yes. But, um, you know, just getting out there. And I, I love meeting people and making new connections. A big goal last year and this year, as we talked about, was like making new friends, surrounding myself with like new vibes, higher vibes, like-minded businesswomen. Um, so what, whatever's like in betwixt in between there, there's a lot brewing, so yes. to speak. Um, but I think it's just like continuing to um, share my programs, impacts, like build community. And I'm excited for a lot of these like in-person things that I feel like are like finally coming back Amen, after all the sister. years, you know? Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. have a side conversation too about your academy. Cause I'm the yes. queen of that shit. I know you are. I've met, ma- I've mastered that shit. Yes. So I, I, let's have a side conversation after the podcast, but okay. So oh, how yeah. can people work with you now? Like how can they work with you and where can they find you on all the things? Yeah. So, I mean, really everything lives on my website, um, www.meganhool.com. So, M-E-G-H-A-N-H-O-U-L-E. Oh, it's a crazy last name. And I'll put it in the show notes too. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Yes. 
get in there, link it up. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram and all things Meg Hool, which is like lifestyle and content and all the cra- my craziness, cats, like wine, you name it. Um, <laughs> let's hang out and chill. I also have a podcast, which I, you know, we're, we're getting Katie Boyd on there too. Oh my God, so I can't wait. pivot with purpose. It's all about changing your direction, changing your mindset, changing your life, um, which will launch its new season coming up. Yay. So podcast coaching, you know, all the platforms, uh, really, I love people to reach out and say hi. So, um, yeah, that's where you can that's find That's awesome. Me. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This was mm-hmm. such a fun podcast. It was like talking to an old friend over coffee. Hell, yeah. Yes. Or, or, or wine. Mostly wine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't wait for everyone to listen to your podcast because I know that the women in ambitious land, they love a good story. They want mm-hmm. to know like where started from the bottom. Now I'm here. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. and that's the most important thing, because I I'm listen. I know there's a lot of people that were born with silver spoons in their mouth and they're just fucking wealthy and doing the most because of what their parents did. And I'm like, good for them. But mm-hmm. that was definitely not where we came not from. Us. And nope. it's definitely not where like 98% of the human's population comes from. So yeah. I know that whoever listens to this, whether they're trying to start a business or they're leaving corporate America and they're going into entrepreneurship or they're pivoting in any way, shape and form, she is the bitch to listen to. She knows all of the things. Megan, thank you so oh, much thanks, for being Katie. on the Ambitious Podcast. I know it's been, we've been trying to do this for so long and I'm just so excited for what's next for you. And um, yeah, this was absolutely amazing. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And you know how much I love you. And I love our stories at the beginning. So I hope uh, there are some good nuggets to be taken away. And look forward to more to come. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Listen, guys out there in Ambitious Land, this was a fucking dope ass situation that we just did. And I hope that you learned so much from it hit Megan up on all of her things and don't forget to share this podcast and in the meantime I'll see you next Tuesday and don't forget to stay ambitious